Thank you. Um, I was uh, born into a family of timber wolves and kidnapped at an early age by a marauding band of southern debutantes. <laughs> I lived among them and learned their ways. Um, this was not included in my bio. Actually, my, my family was much more colorful than that. Um, my, my grandmother uh, was bayoneted by a National Guardsman during a mill strike in uh, North Carolina during the Depression. Uh, and whenever I, whenever I tell people that, they always, as I did, when I heard this, I, your eyes kind of missed up with populist sentimentality. You think of Norma Ray, that kind of thing. But if you knew my grandmother, um, many times I wish for a bayonet. I mean, this, <laughs> she, I'm sure she deserved it. Uh, this is uh, the other side of uh, this. My grandmother was uh, carried a 45 in her purse and tormented uh, all of her children. This is long before child abuse was uh, fashionable, so they didn't have a name for it. Um, but uh, she, she and my grandfather sired 11 children. Uh, only six survived into adulthood, survived infancy. This is uh, um, the only one who got an education. My uncle uh, went to, he not only got a college degree, but he got a master's degree and immediately contracted a rare incurable disease and died. And the lesson, of course, for me and my family was a success, and my family was a crime punishable by death. So I consider it miraculous to be here. Um, to have made it this far. Uh, I do the political cartoons I s drew in high school and in college for my college newspapers. Um, I sold my first cartoon at 16. I was focused early, like Peter, uh, what I wanted to do. Uh, when I was, um, uh, I, as soon as I got out of college, I, I got a job at the Charlotte Observer. I drew cartoons for 10 years. And I started a comic strip called Kudzu based on my years, part of it's based on my years as an unsuccessful teenager. Everybody in this room is a more successful teenager than I was. I was a miserable failure as an adolescent when I was your age. You wouldn't speak to me in the, <laughs> in the hallways. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I just couldn't get it right. I, I was not uh, the captain of the football team. I did, did not date the cheerleader. I, I could not even get my face to break out. That's how bad I was at it. Um, so naturally, you know, one of the things that you learn when I started thinking about doing a comic strip, you realize that comedy, humor, it has an intimate relationship with pain. And, and I, when I was sitting or trying to think of a comic strip idea, I thought of, tried to think of what I knew something about. And I knew something about being a, a miserable failure as a teenager. And so my lead character in the comic strip, Kudzu, is, some, represents some aspects of that experience. Uh, and you also recognize that this, you know, this was not fun when I went through it. It was very unpleasant. I think a lot of folks uh, have that kind of experience. Uh, it was humiliating. It was embarrassing. But you, you know uh, with comedy that, that all comedy is connected to pain. Slipping on a banana peel is funny if it's not you. Uh, 
sitting on a whoopee cushion is funny if it's not you. It's humiliating if it's you. So, you know, all sitcoms are based on that, whether it's Lucy uh, and Ethel standing at the end of the, the uh, conveyor belt with the pies coming off. I mean, this is a nightmare scenario. This is something you would dream. You couldn't quite get the, you know, the pies. This is horrible. But if you're watching somebody else do it, it's hilarious. Well, I realized that my adolescence was like one long banana peel. One sustained whippy cushion. Uh, so, so I based the strip on that. I, I drew political cartoons, still draw political cartoons here in New York City. Um, uh, I was in Charlotte, in, in North Carolina, and drawing cartoons about Jim and Tammy Baker before it was cool. Uh, I drew cartoons. My first political cartoon on Jim Baker was 10 years before. Uh, Jessica Hahn came forth and confessed, and Jim resigned. Uh, when I used to draw these cartoons, the uh, bakers would hold the cartoons up on TV for their national audience and condemn me and the Charlotte Observer, and they would say I was a tool of Satan, and they'd tell people to call in <laughs> and cancel their subscriptions. So people would call and say, you're a tool of Satan. And, uh, I would explain that that was impossible because the Charlotte Observer Personnel Department gives tests that they try to screen for that kind of thing. <laughs> and they try not to hire tools of Satan. Knight Ritter has this policy institution-wide. Um, one of the things you learn when you're a cartoonist is that there are people who will disagree with you if you express your opinions and ideas vigorously and strongly, then there are other people who have different ideas, and they will let you know about it. So, you know, if you're doing your job, your hate mail runneth over. You know, I get all kinds of wonderful mail, usually illegible scrawls, because they don't allow them to have sharp objects. But it's, <laughs> it is, um, it's with Crayola. Uh, but, it, but it's interesting, because it always makes your, your mail is interesting. Um, I once recently got just a cartoon, something obscene, scrawled across it, and a condom in the envelope. Um, I left Charlotte, went to the Atlanta Constitution, was there two, for two years during this experiment. The great editor, Bill Kovitch, was trying to bring the South, the kind of newspaper it deserved a great national newspaper, and naturally uh, he did that. We were successful for a couple of years, won a couple of Pulitzers, and uh, naturally uh, this was uh, not tolerated, and, and uh, Kovacs was driven out, and all of us were scattered to the winds, and that's how I ended up here in New York City. Um, the things that are interesting to me, because as someone who is not a natural achiever and not a natural success, so I've watched this from kind of the underside, uh, that's kind of the cartoonist's job, I guess, and, and uh, um, I've learned a lot. You know, I have, I've had to overcome a lot of, um, uh, as you remember my uncle, you know, if you get a degree, you die. Um, so I've had to uh, overcome my own internal resistances as well as the resistance we all face outside ourselves. Um, but you learn, you learn a lot of things. One of the things I've heard people talking about is competition. And it's always interesting to me. Someone asked last night about competition and uh, what, what happens. And I know this must be something that, that uh, concerns you uh, when you're competing against friends. 
I heard the answer was that, you know, be more aggressive or something like that. But I, I think it's interesting that when you think of the word competition and it comes from the Latin, I believe, some, I did not, don't speak Latin, but I think it's con with pateri uh, to strive to strive with when you recognize that competition really is not about obliterating your opponent, is about striving together, and that the best athletes, the best anything, really want to play the best. You want your competition to be the best because they will take advantages, advantage of your weaknesses and you will learn, and that's the point. The point is to strive together to bring out your best. Um, One of the things that, uh, since I do political cartoons, I do the comic strip, lately there's been a kind of a vogue of cartoonists getting out of doing that. Um, cartoonists who do six. I do five political cartoons a week and seven daily comic strips, six dailies and a Sunday page. And so I hear about cartoonists who are getting out because they do six comic strips and they got to take a break <laughs> uh, and got to get away from it. And it's interesting, and I think all of this is connected to emotional attitude, which I think is, is what we're all dealing with and what the, the, the thread that runs through this and what I sense and pick up from the rest of the speakers is that emotional attitude is, is a key to everything. It reminds me of a New Yorker profile on Larry Bird, and the author was asking Bird uh, why he was so good, why he was a champion. He said, well, you know, there are a lot of people in the there are only you know, there are a lot of people in the NBA who really want the ball when the score is tied, and uh, you get the chance to be a hero. A lot of people want to do that. There are only a handful of us who want the ball when you're down one, and if you make the shot, you're a hero, but if you miss it, you're the goat. He says, I want the ball. I want the ball in those situations. I think that that is a key to successful athletes, success in anything, you want to be on the line. And one of the things I also notice and have noticed, um, people ask me a lot about writer's block, about cartoonist block, how do you get ideas. That's why I'm kind of laughing about people who are getting out of it, uh, you know, are, are trying to get away, um, castrating themselves in some way. Uh, it seems to me all of this is attitudinal. How do you uh, how do you keep producing and produce at a high level and work on eight cylinders? I think it's attitude. And if you learn to look at that work, first of all, not as work, but as some people said, as play, as fun, as solving a puzzle, as a challenge, not as a burden. And if you, um, if you have that kind of Larry Bird attitude, you want to be on the line, you want to be in the clutch, you want the ball, you know. It's uh, the thing that interferes with that for a lot of young people and a lot of, and this is something I've had to struggle with and all of us, we want to be perfect, we want to do it right. If we don't hit that shot, world communism will take over, you know. <laughs> um, we've got to get over that and be willing to miss the shot. And the way you make the shot is be, by being willing to miss it, by willing, being willing to fail. If you had to play the violin perfectly, you may not pick up the violin. If you had to shoot the ball and make it every time. You may not take the shot. So the trick is attitude, wanting to do it, it seems to me. And this is so much fun pontificating like this. But wanting to be there be, uh, and being willing to fail. 
uh, I had to pull myself kicking and screaming into doing a comic strip. And one of the reasons I did it is because it was the last thing in the world I wanted to do, because uh, I didn't want to risk that failure. So I kind of made myself do it. Uh, and that, that is, uh, I think, uh, one of the things that, uh, one of the keys. Uh, I want to thank you for inviting me um, here. This is uh, quite a pleasure. I can't wait to tell my grandmother. Uh, uh, and thank you very much.